Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. I went and rented all the right materials, got everything right. And I tell you what, that Swedish finish that they had put on it back in the 80s or whenever it was, it was a nightmare to fight. It gummed everything up. I had to go really, really heavy on the grit just to get that off. And it was a complete issue. It took me probably five days to do where I thought it was going to be two. And I probably, looking back, should have spent another couple days on it. So that is another one of those projects that uh, I should have just had somebody come and do it. And the next time, I'm going to let somebody come do it. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know. But we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Wow, after Memorial Day weekend, it is what I call summertime. And we're going to talk some summertime projects today. But first, I wanted to talk about a couple things here just to get you up to speed. First off, if you want to find out more about Around the House Show, head over to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. You can contact us there. As well as make sure you're following uh, us on social media. Look for Around the House Show and the television show, which is Around the House Northwest. You can find both of those on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, make sure you follow us over there. And we do have a closed group on uh, called Around the House Nation. If you want to post up projects, have questions, that kind of thing, you can do that as well. Well, first off in this first hour, I wanted to talk about my top 10 projects to leave to the pros. These are the ones that I've looked at over the years and went, you know, you have more of a likeliness of either getting yourself hurt or costing you more money than if you hired someone to do it. And yes, there are projects out there that if you look turnkey between both of them, you can see one of them is going to be cheaper to have the pro come do it. So that way you can go fishing, whatever you want to do while the work's being done and you don't have to worry about it. Now, the first one today on my list here, and there's going to be uh, there's going to be a little asterisk at the end of our hour today on this, because there are some of these that I'm going to say uh, will probably go beyond our 10 here because there's going to be unless you know what you're doing type of things. And this is not what I'm talking about here. First on my list, garage door repair. Now, if you're going to replace or do a little fine tuning on it, that's one thing. But if you have your traditional torsion spring, which is if you have the garage door shut and you look up at the middle of the door and you see big coil springs. Yeah, those things are deadly up there. And if you think about it, there is so much power hiding up in those springs because that's what lifts the garage door. And that garage door, like mine, for instance, that I have in my house, it's wooden. So it, it's a 16 by seven garage door with wooden glass. When you go to lift that, it's hundreds of pounds, and that is what makes it lift so easily is that torsion spring. But here's the problem. How you tighten them, you put these special bars in the hole, and you twist it, and then tighten a nut down around it. 
I know of two people out there that have broken jaws that actually had to go get their mouth wired shut because the bar came out of control and they slipped it and it came up and the other one came up and hit him in the face. These are things that you do not want to tackle yourself. Now, there are ways to do like the, the little rollers on the side if you do it carefully. But the bottom roller where that cable is tied to, that's another issue. So when in doubt on a garage door, have a garage door company come out, get it tuned up, and you'll be good. Now, if it's the, the garage door that has the tension springs on the side with the cable that are by the track, it's a little different story. They're still a pain to work with, but that's not near as bad as what you're dealing with here with those torsion springs. And so can you replace a garage door opener? Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to mess with that torsion spring and the bearings and all that? No, that's where you bring the pro in and let them deal with it. That's the crazy fun part with that. So if you can do that, you'll be good to go. That's the key with that. Bring a pro in for garage door repair. Now, the same thing goes to garage door installation as well. It's the same kind of thing. We're going to talk about that here too, because I do not want to be messing with that at all. And, you know, garage doors are finicky. They, there are a lot of little adjustments on there, and there's a lot of things to know. This is one of the projects that I don't tackle myself. I go ahead and let that professional come in. And we're going to actually do a video here coming up in the next few months. I've got a garage door on order right now that we're going to do for uh, around the house Northwest to really be able to cover that because uh, we're going to talk about how dangerous those things are. So you can kind of get an idea of what to look at. Now, when you have a garage door spring break, now here's another little key with this as well. Always replace both springs and have them check the bearings and all those pieces up there as well. Because here's the thing. Typically, a garage door will have two springs up there. Those springs need to be a match set. And if one gets replaced, the other one should too. Never just replace one spring. You've already got it torn apart. They've already got to do it. Put the other spring in there. It's really just costing you the parts anyway. And that's where it's at. Now, the next one here on my list is a big one. And I have done this myself. And quite frankly, after doing it myself, I'm not doing it again. And it's just one of those where I'm like, no, my time is so much better spent doing other things. And that is hardwood floor refinishing. Now I had uh, in this house here that I bought, I wanted a really rustic looking, uh, looking floor. And I had a white oak that had this 1980s pink whitewash on it. So we sanded it down. I went and rented all the right materials, got everything right. And I tell you what, that Swedish finish that they had put on it, back in the 80s or whenever it was, it was a nightmare to fight. It gummed everything up. I had to go really, really heavy on the grit just to get that off. And it was a complete issue. It took me probably five days to do where I thought it was going to be two. And I probably, looking back, should have spent another couple days on it. So that is another one of those projects that uh, I should have just had somebody come and do it. And the next time, I'm going to let somebody come do it because I tell you what, it is a tough battle. You've got to sand it, screen it. You've got to get all the dust off of it, all the corners and edges. And then uh, I even had some issues where uh, the finish had worn through and there's some contamination. And when you're putting over, like somebody had waxed it at one point. And so they'd put wax over it and the wax had gotten into the wood, which caused staining issues. It was a fight all the way through it. So this is one of those things that I look at and say, you know, 
I need to do this differently in the future. I tell you what, I am not going to be doing a hardwood floor like that again. Will I replace it? No, it's great hardwood. I'm just going to have a professional come in and do it. And yes, it's thousands of dollars. And I just much rather have somebody else do it. Can you do it if you're patient and you got plenty of time? Yeah. But the problem is, is that is not going to be a weekend project for more, most people. So if you're taking a week off of work and you're going to redo your floors, you're probably okay. But you just can't have anybody on it while you're working on it. You almost have to have the rest of the family out of the house. And I would much rather just uh, have somebody else tackle that one. Now, the next one here on the list is a big one. And this is one that I've noticed that has saved me money by having others do it. And here's why. This is insulating a crawl space or attic. Now, in my experience, at least in my area here, the markup that the home centers and places have on insulation is enough that I have been able to get, for the price of insulation or less, have someone come in and do the project. So that means if you want to re-insulate your attic, that every quote that I've ever had from people out there, it was cheaper to have them come in and do the project than it was for me to go buy the insulation and do it myself. So when it comes to doing projects like that, I tell you what, do I want to be crawling in my crawl space down there and insulating that? Oh, not a chance. If I can have somebody else do it and it saves me money, this is probably one of the best projects to let other people do because that's going to put money back in your pocket. And heck, you're going to gain a couple days of time and not have to be in that crawl space or attic. So that's a win-win for everybody. All right, when we come back, we've got so many more here on our list today, and uh, including a bunch of honorable mentions of my top projects for you to leave to the pros. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. And make sure you find us on social media. Just look for Around the House Show. Around the House, we'll be right back. Around the House Show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. Well, we've been talking about my top projects to leave to the pros. And in those top projects to leave to the pros, if we look back at the last segment, we talked about garage door repair, garage door installation, hardwood floor refinishing. And we're just wrapping up our discussion about insulating a crawl space or attic. That is one of those that every single time that I have found that, uh, well, I've gotten cheaper quotes that I can buy the materials for. And that's when I have no problem letting them take care of it. Now, here's the next one here, too. And this is a big one here. And we're going to talk about this in kind of multiple facets here. Having a pro come out and do your HVAC tune-up. Can you go out there and clean your condenser? Can you vacuum out your unit? Can you do that stuff? Absolutely. And, you know, good maintenance is good maintenance. But unless you're an HVAC tech and you know what you're doing, you need to get in there to be checking the, the Freon or coolant level in that thing. You need to figure out all the things that are going on with your system. And you want to have a pro sitting there working on it for you because that's really where the problems arrive. 
For instance, if you own a carrier brand system, let's say like I do, you want that carrier tech to come out and to really sit there and know what's going on with your system. They know what the warning signs are when that thing's not working well. They know what the problem areas might be. What are the weak points? What are the failure points? You want that person taking your system and going through it, cleaning it up and maintaining it and doing it. And this is where I believe in service contracts. Service contracts, I think for this is a good thing. And if you do have a failure, when you have a service contract, in most cases, it gets you through that thing first, where you're probably going to be on the short list. You are an existing customer to them. So you getting somebody out there faster is going to be key. And then some of those things also, depending on who you're working with, some of those programs can also have a priority scheduling for if there is an issue. So maybe that will save you a service call. Maybe it will save you an emergency service fee to come out there on a weekend or a holiday or something like that. So having that annual service done on your HVAC system and making sure that someone's taking care of it 24-7 is a good thing. So something to consider there. Now, HVAC systems are not a DIY project. And here's why. And let's talk about this for a few minutes because I really want to, I really want you to think about this, especially if you're thinking about upgrading your system or putting a heat pump in this year. Now, here's the big part. Your installation company that's putting the the the, the product in is more or as much of important as the brand you're putting in. So if you go out and buy a top of the line, like a carrier or train or, or one of those brands, right? If you're putting in that top of the line system and you turn around and find the cheapest, lowest quality company to put it in, you might as well have bought a cheap unit because that technician is as important as the product going in. You need to have a great installation mixed with a great product. And you as a DIYer is not a great installation. I want somebody coming out to do heat calculations and figure out how many windows, which way the house is facing, how much air needs to move, what your temperature is. These are things that most homeowners are going to do poorly. So this is not a, I'm going to buy something online or I'm going to buy it through the back door of this place and put it in. That is not how you get a system that's working correctly. If you get one too big, it will work bad. It will cost you money. It will freeze up. So you want to do that. Now, there are heat pump systems out there for the mini splits that are meant as a DIY system. And yeah, that's okay. But you're better off having a company come out and do it. Because again, you want those calculations done correctly. You want somebody trained that's going to tell you what system you need in there and to be able to stand behind it. I've had people do bad calculations and guess what? They had to come out and fix it because they didn't do the calculation right. Now, here's the thing too. If you're in a place like I am where you get to be, you know, minus 10 on a very cold winter day. And the hottest that I've been in this house was 117 on a summer day. Yeah, that's, that's a swing. But the problem is, is designing for 117 when that might be every four years versus the typical 103. 
you know, you really need to expect that system to do on a cooling side. 30 degrees is really kind of what that's designed for. So just keep that in mind when you're doing things. Okay. That's part of that process. So that's a big one. Making sure that that HVAC is done by a pro is where you're good. Now, here's the next one. Major drywall projects that require texture. Now, if you're just doing a smooth wall and you're going to do it great, but if you're redoing your, if you're taking that 80s paneling down and the den and you're going to put up new drywall in there and you're going to texture it, this is not your basic DIY project that you want to look good. Texture is an art and it is a practiced art. And if you as a homeowner or you as a handy person aren't able to do that correctly and to match it, I have seen people come in, drywall professionals, and where we've done a kit remodel or a bath remodel, and they come in and match the texture, and it looks like that was there. Now, here's the problem. Some textures, there's not really a good way to do that. So you have to redo that entire area. Sometimes it's better to have somebody come in and just do that drywall work for you so it's done. It's done by the artist. It's beautiful. And yes, you've paid a little bit, but that is going to be, you know, I've got tons of bad patches in my house. 100%. This house was a rental for years. There were, there were kind of poor DIY projects. I have to really go through and re-skim coat my entire house one of these days. Am I going to do that myself? Heck no. I'm going to have a company come in and do it. Because drywall to me is not fun. That texture part, I don't want to do an, a uh, just a uh, you know a standard knockdown or an eggshell texture. I don't want to mess with it. So that's where I'm going to go in and really knock out those. Let the professional do it so it looks perfect, you know. And there's different levels of finish as well. You know, you can't just say, "Hey, I want a smooth wall. I want maybe like a level four that is really smooth." Or a level five, which is kind of the rage of the new contemporary homes, which is just dead perfect. And so understanding those terms and understanding what you want and making sure they're match and understanding what has to happen as far as priming and painting is all part of that process. So really, when you're talking about drywall, I would let that go. That is a great one to have other people tackle. And that way it's done right. And you can paint over it, and it'll look good at the end. All right, we come back. So much more about projects you should let the pros tackle just as soon as Around the House returns. to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Well, today we've been talking about my top projects 
to leave to the pros, those things that, well, you're better off letting the professional tackle for a number of reasons. Maybe it's safety, maybe it's quality, maybe it's something that's a learned skill that's going to take you as a homeowner a while. So here we go. Let's keep going on this one. Now, here's the next one, which I think there's plenty of YouTube videos of this going badly, but let's talk about it. Large tree removal in the city or something that's close to your house. Now, it's one thing to take a little tiny tree down and you get your, your, your saw out and start knocking it down. But taking down a significant tree and doing it correctly is best left to the pros. I can't tell you how many times I have watched people drop trees onto houses, neighbors' houses, cars, um, places they didn't want to, power lines, go down the list. And uh, when in doubt, if you can't drop it down, if it bounces, if there's nothing for it to bounce on, then the only person that's going to get hurt is you. But the rest of that could be a problem. So that's really what I want you to, to take a peek at. So when we're talking about large tree removal, and this is where it gets interesting, because first off, you need to know what your local area can do. My neighborhood, I cannot just take down a tree. That's not how that works. I literally have to go through. I have two trees that are dangerous trees right now that I'm trying to get through the city process. And I'm waiting for uh, a tree company to go through and uh, actually get the permits to take down two dangerous trees. So they're going through that process. That's how that works in my neighborhood. So understand what trees can be removed and what the legal process is. I have four trees in my front yard that it would take me probably a year to 18 months to get through the city process because they're healthy. They're in good shape to do that. So those are things that you just need to understand. But second of all, having that company come out that can remove it carefully without getting hurt. And there's another thing that I've been watching as a trend on YouTube as well that just makes me shake my head because it's just absolutely ridiculous. What I'm seeing is a tendency for dads to go out and dads, I'm calling you out on this one. Dads to go out and really run the chainsaw and show the kids how to use it. If you are going to be teaching your kids how to use a power equipment, especially outdoor power equipment, can we please make an effort to do some kind of safety discussion with them? There was a kid out there, probably 10 or 12 that I was watching on a YouTube video that popped up. He had flip-flop shorts, tank top, no safety glasses. This this kid could have easily gotten hurt. It was just a really horrible idea. So dads, do a better job of teaching your kids how to do it and do it safely. That way they learn it the right way. There goes my little public service announcement to all you dads out there. Let's think about how we're teaching them so that we don't get them hurt later on because we taught them poorly. So large tree removal in the city is a big one. And I mean, I've seen people do it successfully. Don't get me wrong. I have seen people go out and rent boom lifts and cut them into very small pieces. Take it down. Okay. Seen that done. But I've also seen people go out and cut bigger pieces, get in a hurry and uh, knock the boom lift over because they've overloaded it. So again, things to be careful with. Next up, we're going to dive into power here. Electrical panel replacement. I knew how to do my own electrical panel replacement. I could have done it. I could have read up on code. 
But you know something? I brought in the uh, electrician to do it because I wanted to see it get done correctly. And I didn't want to have, I didn't have time to be able to sit there because I'll be honest, I knew it was probably going to get two or three call outs on an electrical, being a homeowner doing an electrical panel. When I call and get my building permit, and yes, this is something you get your building permit for. This is one of those things that I did not have time to do the back and forth. I wanted to have it done, so I had an electrician come out and do it so we could go from a uh, 100 amp panel to a 200 amp panel. And I had one of those panels you should be looking for. It's a split main panel where it's split up and it was made by Cutler Hammer. And I had one of those panels that um, you see what happened is, is way back when in the, in the seventies, eighties and nineties, we had a problem. There were some companies out there putting out UL listed products that were not UL listed. So the problem with that is, is that they were not um, putting out quality products. And this could overheat and mine had overheated. And I was literally days, weeks, and months. And you never know what it would have taken to push it over the edge away from having a, a, a fire. So make sure you understand what brand panel you have. And when in doubt, why don't you just go down and take a look or go over and take a look what your panel is and see what it is and do some Google searching to make sure that you've got that dialed in and you know that you have a good panel. If your house is built in the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, Take a peek at it. You might be uh, might be uh, one of those that need a upgraded panel. And if you're thinking about doing a, a car charger or something like that, now's the time to tackle that project because I really want you to be safe with that. So next up here, foundation repairs. Now maybe you've got a, a broken wall and and or you've got a, a wall that's leaning. That is something that no matter what. Here's how you navigate this. And there's a way for you to do this, but the first thing you do is bring in the professional. If you have a cracked foundation, if you have water coming in weird spots or that wall seems to abode, the first thing I want you to do is not call the foundation contractor. The first thing I want you to do is to give a call to your local structural engineer and pay them to come out and write you a report. That way, that report, you're going to be golden, guys. Have them write up the, re- the repair. That will tell you what's going on. That way, you're safe. Then, if you're going to do the repair yourself, you can follow that to a T because they will tell you what needs to be done. Or you can go out and get your bids for it to be done correctly. That way, you know. Now, These days, there's really not a reason unless you're trying to raise a house up to jack a house up and and replace anymore. So don't let that be a fear. Many times a cracked wall or a bowed wall can be fixed with carbon fiber or steel or and or steel. Many times you can go in on a broken foundation, pour a interior basement wall on the inside of it and basically buttress up the old one. There are a lot of ways that you can do this without having to jack the house up again. Uh, That's the key there. There's a lot of different options for you. So just think about that while you're working on that. But really, foundation repairs. And then the other one I'm going to go with here is digging out a basement or crawl space. And we won't get to this before we finish up going to break here. We won't get all the way through this. 
But the problem is, is that people will go in and start to say, oh, I want to add another foot of height to my basement. So I'm going to dig it out. And so they go in and do that. And here's the problem we have to watch out for. And this is a big one. If you have four walls in a basement and a concrete floor, sometimes if you have a lot of lateral pressure pushing that in from the outside, that basement floor has locked the bottom of the walls in. So if you have other foundation issues, that's what's holding everything from coming in. So if you take out the, if you go in and say, I'm just going to take out my concrete floor in the basement and dig it down, there's nothing holding the bottom of those walls in and you could have a problem. So we come back here. I'm going to talk about the ways to do that correctly after you have an engineer report on it. But this is something that you can do yourself if you want to do it, but you have to tackle this one right. And there are ways to do it. It's going to take a lot of concrete work, but you might be able to do the digging yourself. You might be able to do some of that yourself because some of this stuff is uh, definitely not DIY homeowner type projects, but part of it is. We'll talk about that just as soon as Around the House returns. around the house show we've been talking about our top projects to leave to the pros but first before we review that let's uh, make sure that you know how to get a hold of me go over to aroundthehouseonline.com and you can message me there now the things that we've been talking about today how to you know stuff to leave to the pros like garage door repair garage door installation hardwood floor refinishing i just can you do it yeah is it a lot of work absolutely Insulating a crawl space or attic, yeah, many times it's cheaper to have a pro do it than just to buy the materials. HVAC repair replacement, large tree removal in the city, electric panel replacement, major drywall projects. We've been talking foundation repairs. Now, we were talking about digging out a basement or crawl space, and we were talking about how that uh, concrete slab that is your floor can be locking in those exterior walls. So sometimes what I've had to do when that's the case is I have to cut out A and B sections. So what I'll do is I'll cut out 50% that's holding that wall out and I'll put in a new fitting, a new footing and a new wall up. And then I'll come back in. And at least with that new footing, I can lock in that wall. And so I've gone in and locked in those new footings and I pour those in A and B sections so we can take out the A section, dig that part down, while the B section of concrete is still holding it together. So you're kind of almost creating a checkerboard pattern there on that wall. That way you've got something holding it and then you can come in and pour the rest. It'll be fine. So that's not a bad way to go in creating that. But again, you need to have a, a engineer draw that up for you, come up with the plans, building permits, all that stuff. So you're good to go. So that is the key right there. Making sure if you're doing that, that is what it's all about. All right, now here's some projects that I want to talk about here that are kind of my asterisk. And I say that because you need to know what you're doing to tackle these projects. And these are not entry-level DIY projects. 
And I'm talking like major plumbing. Like if you're remodeling your kitchen and you're going to add a sink in the island and things like that, now nah, this is where you bring the plumber in. Maybe you've got a main stack you're going to move. Where you're going to place that vent so that things drain correctly is really key. And yes, I want you to pull building permits on this stuff so you can do it safely. And here's the key to this, and this is where it gets really important. You need things to drain. You need things to go together correctly. If you've got cast iron, I want people to know how to deal with cast iron and to cut it and connect to it. And maybe even put in more cast iron if that's the way you want to go. You know, cast iron drain pipes are great in certain spots. I love them for main stacks that come from a second floor down into a living space because you don't hear any of that water going down or it really reduces it. If you don't like to hear somebody flush the toilet upstairs, that can be a big key right there to making sure that you've got things pretty well quiet downstairs. Now, can you go ABS or PVC, depending on what your building code is, and insulate around it? Sure. But cast iron's really good for that. Where cast iron tends to fail is after 75 to 100 years and people that have used a lot of drain cleaners and things like that and eaten through it. Yeah, that's where you can have a problem. But using lead, oakum, and packing those around the fittings, yeah, I like to have a plumber that's experienced with that. Now, the next one here is uh, major electrical work, like hooking up a generator or hooking up a car charger. Now, a car charger is a little easier because you know what you're doing. It's a simple circuit. You want to make sure that you're hooking up in the panel correctly. You want to make sure you're following all the building code. You want to make sure that your, your neutrals and grounds and everything are done correctly. And you want to make sure that since you're using a lot of power for a long time, that it's working correctly. Now, where it gets a little more difficult is where you're hooking up like a auxiliary panel for a generator and things like that. Some of these issues you're dealing with floating neutrals and things like that, which are well beyond what many homeowners are uh, commonly working with. And so those are things that I really want you to be able to have somebody come, you know, deal with it as a pro. So that way it's safe. That way, you know, it's correct. And it's going to pass into the inspections that need to happen. Now, the next one's going to go into swimming pools. If you're going to have somebody skim coat the plaster on your swimming pool, unless you know what you're doing, have it done by a pro. That is where you have the company come out Unless you are a plaster and you know what you're doing, I guarantee you having that pool repair done by a pro because you're going to have to do it every number of years. It's just part of pool ownership and having that looking good. But making sure that you are all dialed in on that in a pool is important. And then the next one here that I want to talk about is a big one. Here's the thing. Major concrete work is where you bring the artists in. This is the place that you really want it to be done and done correctly. Now, about half a concrete work is the prep, making sure that you've got the right rock down. It's compacted. It's sealed. It's insulated when it needs to be insulated. It has the right rebar. It has the right wire mesh. It has the forms built correctly. It's sloping the right way. 
All of these things are really what you want to have dialed in. And that's where the key is to make sure that's done. Because I tell you what, that prep work is where all the work is done. And the rest of it is finished work when the mud shows up. Now, that's the big key to doing a great project. And this is not a DIYer friendly game. That person out there doing the concrete work, that concrete's expensive these days. So have the person come out, have them do it start to finish. If you want to get the site ready and maybe get the old stuff removed or whatever, eh, knock yourself out. But really, having a concrete finisher, set it up, compact it, make sure there's enough gravel, stone, rock, make sure that if it's in a wet area that they've got that dealt with. If you've got frost issues or if it's going in a garage where they have to throw in some foam to insulate it, whatever, make sure that's done correctly. Make sure they've got the right concrete mix showing up. Is this fiber reinforced? Is this something that's going to be finished where you don't want to see the fibers in it? What are you doing to make sure that this is done correctly? And then getting the finished where they've got the edges right, the broom finish right, or whatever is going to happen, including stamping. This is a professional artist at this point. And the same goes for doing brickwork as well. If you're going to do a beautiful brick wall and you've never done it before, if you're going to learn, start out with some small projects. If you want to be a mason, that is not an easy trade. There's a lot of best practices that you need to understand and work with, but that's okay. You can do that. But if you think that you're just going to run down to the home improvement store, get five or six pallets of red brick and go put red brick up on the wall and it's going to look gorgeous. It's not how it's going to work. It's going to, it's going to be a tough go. And you need to know what goods behind it. Cause you're going to have weeping holes. You're going to have a rain screen. You're going to have a place that if moisture gets back behind it, how to let that out. There's a lot of little things that go onto this and then making sure that that is done correctly. Now, last up here, we've been talking about 10 projects and we actually went on to a little bit more handful of projects here that you want to let the professionals do. If you are having professionals do this, make sure they're licensed, bonded, insured. Later today, I'm heading out to a project I'm going to go take a peek at where a homeowner ended up hiring somebody, spent $140,000 on a project, and they have a hot mess, which it's probably going to cost them two hundred dollars to fix it. Because from the little bit of pictures I've seen, there is no business I mean, the, the bathrooms are going to have to be regutted, and they didn't. They tried to save money and hired somebody that wasn't licensed, bonded, and insured. So let's make sure that you've got that all dialed in and that you've got all those tips. And go back and watch some of the episodes we've got here. Listen, we've got some great ones in the past about how to hire a contractor. That is what you want to go back and visit, and uh, you can do that uh, on our on our page here, so you'll be able to find that stuff. But it's really all about trying to make sure that you've got the right people going in and doing the job and aren't going to run away with your money. That's the key right there of having that. So do your research, sign the contracts, verify their license and their insurance. So that way, if they pour your concrete and it all ends up coming apart, and they got to rip it out and do it. You know, you have somebody that has the ability to do this right and is going to come back and fix it and not go out and run off with your money. 
All right, everybody, for more information about Around the House, head over to aroundthehouseonline.com. And uh, if you have any questions, you can message me over there or comments. I'd love to hear them as well. As always, thanks for tuning in to Around the House. This is hour number one. I can't wait for the next one. We'll see you then. Come on. Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.